Hey there. Thanks so much for joining me on this edition of The Shalene Show. You are in the passenger seat, and I want you to put your seatbelt on because this is going to be a little bit of a bumpy ride. What you're about to hear is a recording I did from a car. We got an Uber, myself and three of my girlfriends, to drive up to a concert, a Go-Go's concert in Hollywood. We went to the Hollywood Bowl, and we saw the Go-Go's. And on the way up, I thought, you know... They were all kind of discussing one thing that they have in common, and I don't have that in common, but I think anyone who's ever been in a relationship had a moment where you wonder, should I be in this relationship? So this is a conversation about divorce, but before we get into it, I want to say this. There is no judgment. You can't say whether someone should or shouldn't do something unless you're in their friggin' shoes. You just don't know. You really don't, and as you'll hear from these conversations, all three of them really didn't share with others what was going on in their marriages. All three of them are in different stages. I think that's really interesting to hear. I wondered, like, okay, so why is it I'm still married? And I'm really, really, really happily married. Like, this is the happiest I've ever been in my marriage. But I always thought I was happily married. Nonetheless, there are times where, you know, you go back and you think about a certain period and you're like, whoa, that was not a happy time. Even though I would have define myself during that time as happily married, I didn't know what was possible. So why are Brett and I still together and why are these very close friends of mine, of which most of them I've known for 20 plus years. I've known Michelle Park 20 plus years. She's in all of my Pio videos standing right next to me. We work out together every single week. Brooke Powers I've known for more than 30 years or almost 30 years. She's the vice president of our company. She's just the most amazing woman. And then Dr. Michaela Sarno I think I've known for more than probably 13 years. So I knew them in their married states and we double dated and there were so many things I didn't know about their marriages. A lot of it is luck and a lot of it is selection, right? It's not a guarantee, but like I really think it made a big difference that both Brett and I were role modeled, healthy marriages. Not perfect because there is no perfect marriage, but both of our parents are still together. We watched them get through hard, hard, hard times together. We watch them communicate. We watch them compromise. And if you don't learn that, you have to figure it out in a new relationship. If you didn't have parents who role modeled for you what it means to compromise, what it means to communicate, what it means to be respectful, how do you learn to do that except as an adult? And then as an adult, you know, how do you make that work with another human maybe who didn't have that role model to them? So to say it succinctly, it's complicated. There's no right way or wrong way, but if you're thinking about leaving your partner or divorcing or separating or, you know, is this the right person for me to marry? There's just a lot of things to consider. And I think by hearing all three of their experiences, you're going to take some important pieces of information away from this. And I'd love to hear your thoughts. Okay, without further ado, let's go for a ride. Welcome to The Shalene Show. Shalene is a New York Times bestselling author, celebrity fitness trainer, and obsessed with helping you live your dream life. Okay, so let's get the backstory in each person. So, Brooke, how long were you married? 23 years. Um, wow. Yeah. It's a long time. It's a long time. And how many kids? Three kids, a son and twin daughters. Wonderful kids. So, okay, my first question is, when did you know this is not working. And you know what? If there's anything you aren't comfortable saying, you can say next question. Yeah, probably it was a long time. 
And I would say it was mutual once we got into discussions about when sort did of discussions how, start. About two and a half years ago. Okay, so you'd been married for more than nineteen years before you started discussing divorce, but it was on your mind. Yeah, prior to that, uh, several years. We were growing in different directions, mm-hmm. and we were both pretty unhappy. And did you know you were unhappy? I did, but it was easily disguised with my family and my kids and my career and my friends. And when you say it was easily disguised, meaning what? You were just busy? I made myself busy. I realize now that I was probably spending more time away finding work to do when maybe it wasn't as necessary as I thought it was. Okay, so like to escape. Yeah, I was escaping. And how long did the divorce process take? Two and a half years. Took two and a half years. And (laughs) I guess my next question would be, where are you today? Well, because it's pretty fresh. Well, we're very good friends. I guess when I say very good friends, I don't know. We're probably not going to travel together or anything. But I respect my ex-husband for all the years we spent together. And he's a good human. He's a great dad. Just wasn't, you know, the husband for me. Yeah. And so we talk. We talk about the kids a lot. We plan their next steps with them. And that was super important to me that we were united as a family through, you know, for the rest of their lives. I really believe that it can happen. It's happening. And I feel really good about that. And I chose a while ago to just, for peace in my own heart, to just move forward and be happy with the years that we had together. So we're going to get into it, but if you could give someone who's a little further behind than you, Mm -hmm. right, one piece of advice, one sentence, what would it be? Make sure it's exactly what you want to do because it's really hard to go back. Wow. That's a good one. All right, Michelle, you're up. I'm up. Hi. Hi. So, um... You are remarried. I am. Ten years. Ten years remarried. Mm -hmm. So you're at a completely different stage than Brooke. And your first marriage lasted for how long? Eleven years. Almost eleven years. We were together for 16. Wow. And we were married for 11. When did you know this isn't the marriage I was meant to be in for the rest of my life? Well... Maybe a week before I got married? No. Well, possibly there were things going on a week before I got married, and then I just, you know, I was in love with this man and thought it was going to last forever and thought I could overcome it all, and I overcame it all for probably about eight years and decided, I think I grew up a little bit because we got married younger, mm-hmm. and I think I Did just decided... Did having kids change what you were willing to accept? Oh, my gosh, absolutely. But having kids also made me know how important it was to leave. Oh. So we were married for eight years, and then just... I was doing my own thing, taking care of the kids, running a business, and he was doing his own thing, which was work all day, staying out to racquetball till 9 o'clock at night. So there was a very big disconnect, kind of leading two separate lives at that time. Meaning almost like he was still single? Is that what you mean? Like he didn't act like you would think that a single man would act, but not like other women and stuff like that. Yeah, but not participating, not helping a lot with the kids. That was my job. He didn't do any of that. Yeah. And so that also kind of sounds, Brooke, yes. like a little bit of what your situation Absolutely. was too. But Absolutely. So I'm curious between the two of you, like what made it, uh, maybe it's too personal, but if there's something where like, Brooke, you kind of decided, well, I'm going to stay. Did you decide that you 
going to stay until the kids oh, were out of high school? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I really just made that decision because I never thought I was ever going to be that person who got divorced. Ever, and there was ever, n- ever. nothing, had, there was no addiction? No. Mm-mm. No abuse? No. Mm-mm. So, did that make you feel guilty? Oh my goodness, I grew up Catholic, of course I felt guilty. And I felt not only bad that I was going to be disappointing my kids because there was no way around it, I was also going to be disappointing my parents. And, you know, I just thought about friends and relatives. And I remember several times having young couples who were getting married saying to me, I want my marriage to be just like yours and, you know, your family and just being a role model for Mm -hmm. people, being a full-time working mom and raising three kids who are really close together in age. And just, I had a lot of pressure. And then to think, here I am going to go out to the world and say, you know, I'm ending my marriage. And did you worry about that as well, Michelle? Did you worry about like, did you have guilt or did you know it was the right thing to do? Like, did you question yourself? That was a huge thing for me because we had a group of people, probably like six other couples that we hung out with all the time. We graduated high school with, we went on vacations with, we did everything with on the weekends and I hid all of this from them. And one of the couples was my best friend at the time, my best girlfriend at the time and his best guy friend at the time. So I hid all of those feelings and all of the stuff that was going on in our relationship at home from them. And I hid it from majority of people because I just figured I could handle it on my own. I could do it on my own. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, that was really challenging and telling people and letting go because I didn't just let go of him. I let go of all of those friendships because Mm -hmm. I let him have those friendships. Mm. I let him have those friendships because I thought he needed those friendships. What does that mean, you let him have those friendships? Like, don't people decide that for themselves? Or like, what do you mean? Yeah, you would think that at that time I would have thought that... I don't know, maybe it was because I felt guilty because I was the one, even though he gave me a lot of reasons to leave, I was the one that finally said, we should get a divorce, you know, I want to leave or you should leave kind of thing. And I guess feeling guilty, I felt like I needed to leave him with something or give him something. And I just felt when we got divorced, even though it was a rough couple of years prior to that divorce, I felt that he got sad at the end and he wanted it to work at the end and I just mm. I guess I just felt guilty because I was the one finally mm. initiating mm. and leaving wow Dr. Michaela we're getting over here to you you're in the middle of it moving towards the end yeah towards the end so how long ago did you file it was about 10 months ago mm. something like that wow yeah. it's crazy how fast that's yeah. gone I'm going to ask this question, but I, I think I already know the answer because we've been friends for so long, kind of Michelle too, but, and Brooke. Um, when did you start having questions like, is this the right person to be with for the rest of my life? Well, when it comes to the extreme of really starting yeah. to think, can I be in a marriage with this person was yes. probably five years ago. But I knew from the very beginning, from the very beginning, we had issues even before we even got married because mm-hmm. we met we got married so quick but you kind of go in you're different people at that time but I went into it I think like a lot of people do with making an assumption that we're both going to grow we're both mm-hmm. going to change we're both young we both have our shortcomings and so you kind of idealize what it's going to look like later mm. which didn't mm-hmm. necessarily happen I think that's fair I think at any point I think 
you think things are going to get better or if we have kids things will get better or if we get better jobs things mm-hmm. will get better right yeah. yeah and that's what didn't happen yeah for you because of what you do I have to imagine that there was a lot of not just guilt but like fear that what will people think if I'm divorced and part of my purpose every day is helping couples stay together I did but to be honest with you that I don't really put a lot of weight on what people think it's I'm who I am right myself all the time and I just see who's left standing uh-huh. bottom line but I was more concerned with what my kids were gonna think and the impact that it had on them and then was that impacted by the work that you do because you see the fallout of divorce yeah because you you know the trauma that a divorce is going to put on children and especially doing what I do and especially seeing how that traumatizes kids and especially knowing that the one thing that traumatizes children the most in divorce is the amnesty between the two mm-hmm. and knowing that that was coming from you know the other person you know my mm-hmm. my ex-husband so I think that was a really difficult decision for me to make but looking back now in hindsight I think I stayed a lot longer because I wanted to make sure that I did everything possible so I had absolutely no regrets looking back for the kids sake but it was a very fine line because I also saw that probably a year or two I stayed a year or two longer than I should have and that impacted the kids because you, you just don't know you want to do the best you can and stay mm-hmm. together for the kids but you also see the damage it's causing them you know I know personally that you went to many different therapists you went personally you both went separately you went together you went to different marriage counselors when one marriage counselor literally said there's no way this marriage is going to work and I was like what uh, yeah he a said I'll give, it, I'll, I give it I give it less than a year and he was right it was less than a year that was the first marriage counselor but I have to say I loved that you didn't give up you're like you know what I am not giving up we're gonna find somebody but you also knew like you said at a certain point you felt like you were doing more damage to your children than good because of the environment so what is that point was there a measure which you said you know what the bottom line is this what was that measure there were two measures one was when I see my child slipping in especially doing what I do for them when I see my child slipping into a depression or going into a place that I know is gonna go you know to just a very a bad place for teens where, mm-hmm. where you see them start you know having you know self-harm and when I saw it going in that direction that was the first cue that I'm gonna have to make a decision here and I knew it was gonna hurt one child but it was gonna save another so it was a very difficult decision and then mm-hmm. the part two was when I got to a point where I could see clearly and I was absolutely 100% sure that my partner was resistant to change yeah because for a long time it almost seemed like or at least the message I was getting was that he was on board and wanting to kind of change but we literally ran out of things to do I listened mm. to every podcast read every book listened to every expert took every piece of advice from every friend there was nothing left and mm-hmm. at that point I realized if I can't even find anything else to do mm-hmm. then it's time to call it quits mm-hmm. and that it was those two things Michelle did you have a kind of like okay here's the line in the sand I think the line 
in the oh, sand. Or an incident in, that made you think, okay, I can't because, like, a principal or something that you just knew definitively this is going to be hard but I, I need to do this for my self-worth I started feeling really bad about me questioning me if I was good enough if I was worthy enough and that was extremely important to me because I had two little girls I mean I have well they're not two little girls anymore they're 19 they're 21 but they're my little girls but I had two little girls and for, I did not want them to see me going through the pain that I was going through mm -hmm. and I wanted them to realize that a man should not treat a woman in a certain way mm -hmm. And for that to happen, for them mm -hmm. to realize that and see that, I had to either change the situation or get out of the situation. Mm -hmm. And I had tried to change it for quite a long time. When you say you tried to change it, does that mean you asked your husband to go to therapy? Does it mean you asked him to work on himself? Does it mean you were working on yourself? What does it mean? It was at that time. And it's so funny that because this is so long ago that the hurt and the horrible feelings that I had at that time are not horrible feelings anymore. They're just feelings. And mm. But at that time, I well, had Well, that's good to hear. Yeah, I, I really want to go back to that because the horrible feelings that somebody who's listening to this might be feeling this moment, what you're saying is with time... It gets better. 150%. During that first couple of years when we were going through it, and our divorce took about two years as well. And it wasn't extremely amicable, but it wasn't horrible. The horrible part was the part before, the decision to do it. Mm. When I made the decision, you know, getting through it was just all I could kind of think of at that time. And both of us didn't want it at the same time. I wanted it a little bit more than he did. Well, I wanted it more than he did. Mm -hmm. And he did not, so it was challenging that way. And it was very painful going through it with the girls. They were so young. They were four and six, so that was challenging for them, even though they might not realize as much now mm -hmm. what was happening at the moment. But it's funny, with all that pain that you went through and all that pain that you go through and all that challenge that you went through, it does and it did get better with years. Like now, what, 12 years later, 13 years later, we have, you know, my oldest just went away to England and came back to England. We have a big party at our house and they came over. We when you give, say they came over, I mean you and your ex came like, Yeah, our ex. the same house. Our ex and, and his new family. He has two kids. My husband now goes to, has been to their oldest son, my ex's oldest son's baseball games. Um, you know, my ex and my current husband text each other once a week. It's a wow. little weird. But, you know, and I get along with his wife. So the situation has dramatically changed. Wow. It was not like that wow. at the very beginning. But I prayed and I hoped and I wished that this day would come about and it finally has. I mean, it took us a very, wow. very long time. Michelle said that the most painful part was the part before she asked for a divorce or, you know, like made that final decision. Was that true for you, Brooke, and for you, Michaela? Absolutely. In fact, Michelle, everything that you're saying, I'm back here nodding my head because Me too. it was such a difficult decision. And like, was I, that the most painful part? You know, you think about things in your head often, you know, like, oh, I should do this or I should do that. And then when you are thinking about that with divorce, sometimes it's very in the moment and you never express it. And I was the same. I never shared with my friends or family or anybody. No, never. And so when Why? I came, I just, you know what? I am somebody who... I'm not going to deal with it myself. <laughs> yeah, I am very independent that way, and I'm not exactly sure why. I'm working on that right now because it's not... Well, if you're looking for a therapist, there's one in the front seat. Her name is Dr. Michaela Sarno. But when I did sort of come to the decision, like... 
I made up my mind in my head. And part of that reason was, Michelle, you touched on it a little bit, and it was I did not want my kids to think that the kind of relationship I had was normal or healthy. And it wasn't we never fought in front of the kids. The thing is, we didn't spend time together and we did not partner together. We didn't uh. go shopping together and do laundry together and uh. make a plan on how we were going to care for the house or get Christmas gifts. Or It was very much siloed and there wasn't a lot of support there and so after a while I will take responsibility for not saying hey listen we have a communication issue and we need to work it out mm-hmm. it just got too far mm. it was too far gone mm. for me to do that and then when I made up the decision internally then I reached out to a counselor and I mm. went to therapy for two years before I even asked so you went to, to therapy to decide if it was the right thing or you went to therapy to figure out how to find your voice all of those things mm. because I wanted to make sure the last thing you want to do in a situation where you're choosing divorce is yeah. to make it reactionary or to about one incident or one thing because you can overcome that yeah. you know for me it was why did I let this go on for so long mm. why didn't I communicate it more mm. to maybe resolve it earlier and maybe my feelings could have been different and also how can I literally disappoint and hurt my children knowingly by getting a divorce I knew I was going to do that that was super hard for me to just really resolve within myself like so let me ask you this because it's a little different from both Michaela and Michelle Michaela and Michelle both of them have very young children and part of their reason to leave was this isn't healthy for my children to be raised in this environment I think their situations were different than Mm -hmm. yours but with you you decided it's okay for my children to be raised in this environment it's just not okay for me Is that accurate? Yeah, 100%. Is that why you waited until they were adults? Yep. And I knew it wasn't going to... I've had friends whose parents got divorced at, you know, young ages or middle school. And when they're in college, there's no good time. Mm. But for me, I felt like I could then articulate to them why. And I wasn't placing blame. I accept my own responsibility. My first husband has accepted his responsibility. Why do you say your first husband? <laughs> I don't know. You never know. Okay. Who's listening? You never know who's listening out there. Is that your sexy voice? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so. You're a man magnet, too, by the way. It's crazy. Okay. Anyway, let's Sorry. stick to the top. Okay, okay. So. Yeah, that was really hard for me. And then when I did share, it was a planned event. My husband and I talked about how we were going to talk to the kids. And my therapist told me that it was my responsibility because I was the one asking for it. Wow. I won't go into a lot of detail, but it was very sad. It was just really heartbreaking for everybody. And then once we explained to them kind of the whole story and... Each one of them came back to me individually and said, Mom, the reason I'm so upset, I'm going to get choked up here, Uh, is um, they were hurt to know how sad I was mm, for so long. mm. So, anyway, sorry about that. Is that reassuring that their pain wasn't because it was more 
so that they of were course. worried about you. Yeah, and their dad too. Yeah. You know, they, you know, it's like because our relationship at that time, I was, I am very outgoing. I, I am fueled and energized by people, and he's not that way. He's actually the opposite way. And part of our conversation through the last couple of years, I have said to him at one point that I think in some ways I was holding him back from having the kind of friendships and maybe personality that he wanted because I tend to be a little outgoing and it's proven to be so now that I'm out here and we have mutual friends still we've been able to maintain mutual friendships I'll see that he's getting together with some of our friends and at first it was really hurtful to me because I thought gosh it was like pulling teeth to make that happen when we were together and now here he is like entertaining people and having uh-huh. people over uh-huh. he's traveled to Europe and he's done several things that I would have like, who is this yeah 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 but then I you know again I came back to this is a good thing that means he's happy and yeah. I just I'm all about people being happy you know that yeah um, if you know me that is part of just innately who I am just making sure that other people around me are getting what they need yes so (laughs) all right girls I want you to think about this one for a second what is one mistake you made that you would love to help other women avoid oh 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 well, we all have our role that we, you know, fall into. It's never like one person's fault. And one thing that if I could go back and not do, and it was a lot of it's my personality. I think it's a lot of women's personality. We're caretakers, but also my personality, not only as a caretaker and a woman, but also a therapist is feeling like, well, enabling. And I was a big enabler. And feeling like, you know, I can help him to feel more confident. I can help him to feel, you know, these particular things. And that was such a difficult thing for me was I can help all of these people and I can't help my own partner. So what's the advice? Don't try to fix someone else? Can't fix someone else? Well, the obvious is don't go into a relationship thinking that you're, you know, you have to accept the person just the way they are without the assumption that they're going to change later. Or that you're going to fix them. Exactly. And that you can't make somebody confident. You can't make somebody anything. They have to, that's a journey that they have to take on their own. You can support them, but ultimately they have got to be a part of that process. And that was really hard for me to come to grips to was that I just kept thinking, no, I know that I, there's something more that I could do. I know somehow I can help him. Michelle, what is your one golden nugget or pearl of wisdom that you would want to give someone who's listening to help her or him avoid some unnecessary pain like maybe a mistake that you look back in retrospect you would like to do differently everything Michaela said (laughs) and then um, make sure that you do everything possible make sure that you go down every road possible to know 150% that this is what you want that the divorce is what you want because if not you will second guess it for years you will second guess for years and I you know to be a hundred checklist like I didn't have a checklist and I think I worked a lot it was a long time coming but I think I was very reactive towards the end or maybe just so numb that I reacted at the end but 
I didn't have a checklist. I just knew that that's, you know, what I want to do. But again, if I be 100% honest, I questioned my divorce even after I was divorced. I questioned if I had done the right thing. And I know I've done the right thing, but I questioned it outwardly probably and you know my current husband knows this years into my marriage my current marriage and I love my husband and 100% is that because of your girls yes that, and that was the next point because it was 100% because of the girls because everything's separate Christmas are separate Thanksgivings are separate birthdays are separate and I didn't know if how well and if they were handling that and that's another thing that I would highly suggest especially from a mom is to talk to your kids and be honest I tried to shield them and cover everything up and I wasn't honest and it wasn't until probably two years ago that I actually told my girls why we got divorced why my opinion why we got divorced and then I also told them you need to speak with your dad and you need to find out the reason you know his reason his reasoning is probably very similar to mine but he might not want to speak about it as much as I do do you think that you I mean because how much do kids really need to know then it becomes a burden to them I mean because you said it's important to be honest with your kids and communicate with them and let them know what's going on but I would assume it's age appropriate I guess we could ask the therapist that and there must be a point at which they don't need to know so how much is too much and how much is too little do you think is it different for each kid it depends on the age oh really depends on the age yeah but you do need to be open and honest with your kids and not you know not lead them on and be very blunt and direct about you always want to express always will have feelings of love for that person you care about that person you're still friends you always want to make your children feel as if there's not that animosity okay so there's animosity right and then there's how do you avoid language that would make a young child hold out hope for the chance that mom and dad are going to get back together do you have to be very clear about that? To be very clear. I mean, even my son today still continues to say, well, maybe when we get the new house, we'll all live together. And you just have to be very consistent. But I did want to say one thing, because as a therapist, not just someone who's going, you know, at yeah. the tail end of divorces, I didn't realize, you know, even treating people until you're in it yourself, how scary it is and how much courage it takes to file for divorce. Wow. I never thought that I would even have the courage to do it. But there's a lot of intimidation. I think that a lot of husband and wives, depending on who, there's a lot of intimidation that can happen there from your partner that keeps a lot of people in a marriage because they're afraid. But what you end up seeing in terms of the backlash or whatever you know you anticipate is going to happen or they say that's going to happen, it's just more of the same. You know the personality of the person that you're divorcing and that backlash that you feel is going to happen if you do divorce it's just more of the same behavior. It's not anything more than that. But it is a very scary thing. But I think to we be built, on your own. No, to actually do it. Oh, to to do actually it. go to the attorney's office. To actually sit there, file, go through the process. That is such a scary thing. But I think we build it up also in our head that it's going to be so huge and so scary. And you just go do it. You take you know one yeah. one step at a time, and you yeah. get through. The way I looked at it is the only way out of it is through it yep. yep would you agree absolutely I'll answer your question about the one thing yes I, um, please yeah give us that piece of advice that would be for me Shaleen I've actually heard you give people this advice and I think wow if I really would have just followed my intuition and 
said something. You know, I always say, if you see something, say something. Literally, I knew I had a problem. I knew we had a problem, but I could never say anything. You couldn't say anything to him? To him. Why? I, was, I don't know. It was kind of like when you're when you talk to your dad about, like, not your dad. That's what I did. You know you always ask one parent or the other. Yes. You know you're, it, it was almost like that feeling. Intimidation. Yeah, and I was intimidated by him, maybe. People would be surprised to hear me say that, I think, but... Or afraid well, that, that he might please her in you, like probably. Or maybe I was afraid he would say, "Yeah, let's just get divorced." Uh, I don't know. I really can't tell you if that's it or not. Michelle, was that true for you too? That you didn't feel comfortable, or did you telling your ex-husband when you were married, "Okay, this isn't okay," or "I need you to do this"? No, I didn't feel. I was not as confident. When I was married to my ex-husband, I was not as secure. I did not feel comfortable telling him that I was not happy. I didn't feel comfortable telling him what we were going through was not right. I didn't feel comfortable whatsoever. And I never did until the very end when I was past the point. Uh, so, and it was too late by then. Would you say you felt you were at a stage of resentment or you just felt nothing? Both. So I resented him for making me feel nothing. Wow. I did have a realization at one point, though. The reason I didn't ever approach him about it and say anything, because I think if I would have done it in the very beginning when it started bothering me, maybe we could have ended up in a different place, maybe. But I was trained by my parents' relationship, and my mother never would have said anything like that to my dad. My um, mom, so you were being the good wife. Yeah, I was being the very good wife, and I never felt I could say that things that he did or said, which maybe for some people wouldn't be hurtful, but for me it was. I'm, and it was just over and over and over until the wound didn't even exist. It was scar tissue, and you couldn't wow. even pick a scab. There was nothing there. So, is that what you were going to say, Michelle? I was going to say that you learn from your mistakes, like when and if you get remarried. Remember, I was saying that I didn't say that stuff to my husband, I didn't tell him, I didn't you know, give him a heads up, and, and just like what Brooke was saying, if I would have, maybe I would have been in a different place. But now, my husband, he's probably like, oh my gosh, here she comes again. Now I'm very honest and very oh, blunt, okay. and not in a bad way, but I just tell him what is not working, what works, and we work together on those things, and we talk them out, and I never had that before. And um, that, you know, might be because we were young and didn't really know any better, but now it's just very, very different. It sounds time. to me like there's a couple of reasons in this car, right? Like, so I would love for marriage to be forever, but let's face it, there are times and situations and people where it's not healthy for not just the marital partners, but the children. And sometimes it's communication, right? And with Michaela, I don't even know if I would say it was communication. I would say it was just a matter of... I almost want to say personalities. Oh my God, you read my mind. I didn't have a problem being talking and being direct. Like right. I was so communicative to him and like always trying to figure out what is going on. I, I think, I don't know if you remember that I would say for so many years in conversations with you, why does he do that? What does that mean? What is that? And I couldn't figure it out. And it wasn't until, which blows my mind, but when you're so close to it, even as right. a therapist, you can't see it or maybe you don't want to see it. But it wasn't 
wasn't until I finally learned or became aware of the personality mm. that I was dealing with, the personality type, then I understood what I was dealing with. And I also understood as a result of that, really what I was going to be able to Up do. Against, yeah. Yeah, and not do. Right, right. So understanding that personality, and that alone is a whole nother that's a podcast series right there is mm-hmm. a particular person especially as a therapist yeah. that particular personality is a podcast series with marriages with divorce in the court system in so many different we forms. do need to do a podcast about that personality type Absolutely. don't we because you've learned a lot about it oh um, I would have to say that you know Brett and I have been married now I think for 23 years together for something like 27 I think and we've certainly had moments where it could have ended, right? I think any relationship gets to a point after a certain amount of time where, like you said, Brooke, like an incident happens or something happens where you want to leave or you question if it's the right thing to stay or you wonder if it's healthy for your children. And we certainly got to that point in our marriage at different stages and more than once. But I think what's different about that, and Kaylee, you pointed this out the other day, is that both of us want to be together at all costs and understand it means improving ourselves. So when we would hit those spots, we would both like be willing to be humble and on our knees and say like this really sucks and I know I'm wrong and I know this is messed up but I'll fix it I will fix myself and if you're only pointing at your partner and saying you need to fix you it's never gonna work and conversely I think if there's only one person who's willing to make the change and do the work then the other person has to decide if they're willing to stay if the other person isn't willing to work. Yeah. Or even if they can't work. Yeah, you've got to so put your... They, both people, and that was, you know, with your relationship, you both put your egos aside and you were both willing to be vulnerable in that whole process. And if both people aren't willing to do that, you're stuck. Yeah. Which I would think, you know, if I could help people help their children to be better in relationships, it's to teach your children that they have room for growth, to say I'm sorry, to take responsibility, and to go to freaking therapy. Like, we have to destigmatize therapy young when your kids are kids, so that when they're in adult relationships, there isn't any you know, negative connotations attached to like, hey, this isn't working, I should probably go talk to someone. Yeah, and, and that is the reason why, well, one of the reasons why I went to therapy myself for five, I'm pretty sure that I paid for the down payment on my therapist's new home <laughs> because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't my stuff, yep. that it wasn't coming from my issues. And once I went through all of those years and, and I got to a place where it's like, okay, now I'm in a very square place like I get it that now you have you know this other person where you're looking at but where are they and when they're not going through that process themselves there's not a lot that you can do yeah I'd like to add to that I went through traditional therapy to sort of get to the point of asking for my divorce and through that time and he knew and he never once asked me what's going on or why are you seeing a weekly therapist for two years because he saw the bills and you know and that hurt Mm -hmm. to know that 
if somebody that I love and care for is seeing a therapist, I would say, I hope things are okay. If you want to talk about it, let me know, you know, especially your spouse. spouse yeah. And then from there, I went through transformational coaching for myself personally, because I knew that what was happening with my personal life and how it was affecting me was also affecting just me, who I am as a person. And I needed to get above and beyond that and get out of it. So I went through transformational coaching, really. And that was probably the best money spent. Mm. And I really recommend it for people. If you know that you have more to give of yourself in a way that you've sort of suppressed. Yeah. It's hard to do on your own. Yes. It's really hard to do on your own. New, so. new habits. Yeah. Ladies, a word of hope for someone who's on the brink of this. They're facing it. What words of hope do you have for them? For me, I would say don't give up on love. Oh. I was going to say there's love out there for everyone. Yep. And I would say the only way to not have any regrets is do absolutely everything you can possibly do until you run out of things, literally, so that you don't ever look back and think, I wish I would have done that or could have done that. Because your kids are also going to see, you know, what you did to try to that's make right. it work. So that's one thing that I always do or, and did in this situation with my divorces. I did everything that I personally could possibly think of to do. So I don't have regrets so for that reason. Lay your head down at night and know I, I tried everything, I everything possible. Everything I could. Well, thank you ladies for being so open and honest about that. I really do appreciate that. And I hope that you guys have enjoyed listening to this. I hope and I pray that your relationship, that you find healing and that the two of you can come together and you can work on each other. You can work on yourselves first and that you can learn to communicate and be better together. But I also know that there are just circumstances. There are situations. There are people who are fire and ice together. And I just know that God has a big plan for your life. So have hope. And as always, thank you for listening to The Shalene Show. You are thebomb.com. Talk to you soon. Love ya. In closing, I just want to mention that there's always two sides to every story, and especially in a relationship. Even though you were hearing today from three of my dearest, closest, best friends, and I love them and support them, I think it's only fair to say we got to hear their side of the story. And relationships are two people, and each person has their own unique take on what happened and what went wrong and why things didn't work. And both people are right because it's their own interpretation. It's their own experience. And our experience, the way that we see the world, we do so through our own lenses. And our lenses have a prescription or are tinted by our past experiences, our history, our pain, our trauma, all of those things. And because of that, you know, we take information in and we process it and interpret it very differently. And I know that was very true for both Brett and I. You know, things I would say he was doing were my interpretation of what he was doing. It might not have been his intended meaning. I just want to be very clear and very fair because there are always two sides of the story. And I just hope that by opening up this dialogue, if nothing else, you took away a couple of important things. Number one, divorce is really hard. Number two, you got to communicate. You got to work on yourself. And number three, speak up. 
find your voice before it's too late. Don't get to a place where you have so much resentment that you don't even feel like you can come back from it. Like the only way out is to get through it and out of it. Find your voice. The quickest way to do so is with the help of a therapist. There's lots of courses. I encourage people to go through the Courageous Confidence course. That's helped a lot of people to find their voice and find their voice that they know how to say what it is they need, what it is they want in such a way that partners, relationships can be mutually fulfilling. Don't give up hope. Work on yourself and just know that love is possible. Things will get better. I promise you. I love you. This edition of The Shaleen Show was brought to you by 131 Movement. Stop dieting. Save your brain. Save your gut. Live longer. Feel better. Stop going on a diet or following somebody else's rules and figure out what it means to have your own diet. Figure out a method that actually serves you, that helps you to be a better version of yourself. Let go of all of this craziness and confusion that surrounds diet and understand the science, the science of one, the study of one. Join the 131 movement today. We're taking back the word diet and getting what we are rightfully entitled to, which is our health. You deserve not just to look amazing, but to feel amazing. I'd love for you to learn more about my personal journey and why this is a true passion for me. I invite you to learn more by going to 131movement.com.